Hi, my name is Rachel Wagner, and I am a clinical therapist. My name is Dr. Fabrice Robert Lubin, and I am a clinical psychologist. Welcome to Mindful Chatter. This is where we keep it real, keep it relevant, catching up with one another, and most importantly, catching up with you. Today is a Thursday. Surprise, surprise. And we swapped the beginning. I don't know if you guys caught that. (laughs) I felt that. It's the subtle changes that make me the most nervous. We're just trying to keep people on their toes, really. Mm. Right? Be aware. To be aware. Yeah. So how are you doing today on this Thursday? I'm I'm actually doing well today. I was struggling a little bit this week, but today I'm finding my center. Yeah. Yeah. I'm catching myself a little bit. Good. Yeah. There's a little bit of a stumble. Did you notice it was windy yesterday? Oh, so windy. I was inside my office. I look out the window and all of this debris just kept floating up (laughs) into the sky. It was like a tornado of debris. Like a tornado of debris. And I kept thinking how was this some sort of strange physical metaphor for just like the junk and the stuff of people's lives just encircling us always? Oh, I love that. That's so fascinating. And then today we're going to talk about being centered, finding our center. So I really want to get more into what does that mean? What is grounding and being centered? So we're going to take you guys on a journey to the center to the center and i am so excited to talk about this journey so we've been i don't know if anyone's noticed but we've been off the air we haven't had new episodes for a little bit um because my my mom is really upset (laughs) so is mine she's like when's the next one coming out but um myself and fabrice we've both been traveling um to different locations um and and in those journeys for myself especially on the trip that i took it was a journey to find my center again. Um, so I hope that we can explore that together. I would love to. One thing that came up in getting ready for this episode, I felt was what is the center? What does that look like? What does mm-hmm. that feel like? I wanted to say that sometimes the absence of a feeling often defines what that feeling is. Mm-hmm. So in hearing you kind of respond and say, hey, you know, I had to find my center again, maybe we could spend a few moments just even getting a sense of what, what did it feel like to not have that and how long yeah. was that? And I, I kind of want to go back to the metaphor you made about the debris kind of in the wind getting all shooken and stirred up. Um, I felt an absence of grounding before I left. I felt chaos in my mind, in my body. I felt exhausted. I, um, you know, I really wasn't connecting what was going on and happening within my body to my mind. So I felt like two separate pieces. There was like a big divide between the two. So for myself, that's that's when I knew that it wasn't, I was very uneven. I wasn't balanced. Um, and I could even tell like when I would go to like infrequent yoga classes, I wasn't as balanced as I usually am. I wasn't able to be as present as I usually am. So to me, that was a good indicator that, you know, my internal balancing mechanism was off. I like that sense of divide. For me too, prior to my own trip, I kind of felt that everything in my life was strewn across. I wasn't, it was like watching like a mess of papers with 
illegible writing on it. So I couldn't even organize it into something that was useful or meaningful to me. It was just like, uh, here's like a stack of papers that I got. I don't know what to do with so it. So then we decided to take adventures, right? So my adventure was exactly that. It was to find myself again. It was a trip that I took by myself. Did you plan on taking this trip prior to losing that sense of center and that sense of balance? I planned this trip when I was going, which, you know, I've mentioned before when I was going through a breakup. So I was kind of like, you know, I, when we get into relationships, we tend to, you know, I wouldn't say lose parts of ourselves, but we gain parts of this other person to maybe enmesh a little bit in a healthy way. So when that happened, there was a piece that was missing. And so I think I decided to take the trip as a way to say, you know, I can do solo trips by myself to rediscover that part of me that maybe was taken from this breakup in particular. Could I quote Freud? Please do. So it's one of the very few things I remember from grad school, but I thought that this was such a powerful little illustration. He said that when he was describing melancholia, mm -hmm. the sense of really severe depression and, and sadness, he said that it was like when you're in a relationship with someone, it's as if you swallowed them. Yeah. And now there's this hunger and yearning inside yourself that is so unique that it cannot be replaced. Isn't it interesting? It's the most powerful experience, I think, that a person can go through to perceive that there's something so unique to the person that you're connecting with mm. that you'll always get you feel like a sense of starving for them sure sure i i don't know if i would i mean i'm sure there were po points where i was starving for them but i think when i planned and booked this trip and when i left on this trip i was starving for myself Ooh. i know Ooh. Yeah. I got shivers on that one. And connecting with myself. And that's why I decided to take this trip by myself. And, I, you know, I don't love the words by myself. I always say that we're always with ourselves because we're never alone. Our minds are constantly working. Um, but I wanted to take this trip solo. I didn't want to have a friend or family member, which is always what I usually do, or go to visit someone. I really just wanted to go to a foreign country where I didn't know anybody, I planned everything by myself and I could get to that really complex version, but also simplistic version of myself. As I'm hearing you describe that, I go back to kind of that thing I was reflecting on, which was all of these papers strewn about mm. and I couldn't make any meaning of them. Everything felt illegible. Right. And then here you are saying, okay, one of the things that you might need to do when you've lost your center is you have to pick a direction something to do, whether it's to go to a foreign place. And then it sounds to me that you started to intentionally pick missions and objectives and you started to kind of write that legible writing for yourself. Exactly. I started to decipher what the illegible writing actually meant. So for me, a big value that I have is travel. So that is something that I knew would help me find my center. It's a value that I have. So picking travel in particular was very intentional for me because that is a place where I can find my center. I break myself down to being vulnerable, to being um, simplistic in some ways, 
to not knowing where I'm going. But in that, I find myself. I explore myself and this other country too. It's pretty incredible. Then that's for me the way that I find it. There are many ways that we can. Um, some people do it through writing. You do it sometimes through poetry, right? Mm-hmm. Most and, definitely. And I know Alan, our our lovely producer, you know, does it through writing music, really amazing music. And those are ways that people do find, you know, their center and explore those pieces of themselves. Now, I'm honestly a terrible traveler. <laughs> I desire travel. I yeah. value travel. The idea of planning mm. always causes in me this like sense of unrest. Sure. And it's something that I've had to confront actually in planning my trip, mm-hmm. which was that I often get so caught up in, is this going to be right? Is this thing going to be good? Am I going to see the right things? Am I going to have enough time? Am I going to see enough people? Am I yeah. going to see enough places? And my mind will take something that was there to center me and be a, this wonderful, great experience. And I'll turn it into the same miserable, strewn, illegible papers Right again. It's so fascinating that one person's um, intentionality and, and grounding experience can be another person's like chaotic, uh, illegible script. So how, do you, how did you even begin to, as you were starting to plan this trip, was there anything that you did in particular that allowed you to find, kind of cut through that noise of like, even that question of where are you gonna go? What are you gonna do? Who are you gonna see? Because those questions to me were different. They were like, hey, Rachel, where are we going to go? Like, what are, what are we going to do? So uh, the tone of it was totally different. You the know, vibe. the vibe of it was totally different. The vibe was like, this is going to be so amazing and great. Like, we can't wait to plan this together with ourselves. <laughs> I don't need anybody else, you know? <laughs> so like the, ex- the exploring and finding out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go was just uh, that experience was like really invigorating for me and like really exciting. Whereas for you, it sounds like it was more like, how are we going to do this? How does this work logistically? Like, what are we going to plan? And I love that kind of acknowledgement of the tone in which you approach yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So here I am kind of bossing myself through this experience versus you were trying to make friends with yourself during this experience. Sure. Trying to get yourself excited and pumped, even though it was semi-intimidating on some level. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was very intimidating on some level. So I ended up going to um, a yoga meditation retreat, give a shout out to it. It's called Anamaya. It's in Costa Rica. And it was the most incredible place ever. So you know, even when you arrive there, it's like this really special vibe. So I have this really funny story. I took this little puddle jumper plane um, from like the mainland to this little peninsula, right? And the yoga instructor for the week was on the trip with me and she was taking the flight over with me. And she, I'm like in my own world, like feeling really zen, feeling really grounded, working on getting centered. And she was really, really struggling. She's like gripping onto this, the handles of it. So her mind was kind of in that chaos mode. And I'm sitting here like 
do-do-do, this is so great. This is such a beautiful country. I love every piece of this. And she's like gripping for dear life. Like, oh my God, we're going to die. This is so intense, right? I, I can't tell you how much I love the idea of you being with this person that's supposed to be this kind of spiritual leader <laughs> right. and then watching them just fall into pure panic. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice, but it, but it was amazing because you got to see like that vulnerability. And I think that that then made me feel a little bit a little bit more comfortable that this person showed me although we see like yoga instructors or therapists or whatever as these people that have got it together they know what's going on i think it made me feel really good that she was sharing that vulnerability of chaos and and feeling uncertain or unsafe in those moments um so that was a a really interesting adventure to get to anamaya and then when I got to Anamaya, as I was telling you guys earlier, and I, I really want to show ways that I was able to get centered and get grounded. There's a, a lower yoga deck, and it looks out over the jungle and the ocean at the same time. And I would go there every single day, and I would sit, and I would journal, I would listen to music, and I would just kind of be by myself. This trip wasn't a place where I wanted to connect with other people necessarily. It was a trip where I wanted to reconnect with myself. So I would sit on this deck overlooking like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, like view wise. There'd be monkeys that would, you could hear them like howling in the background and they'd be like jumping from tree to tree. It was really, really cool. And I was listening to this song by Lord Huron and I saw this hawk just like swooping through. And it was just, I never look at birds like that. And it was just amazing how it flew and how it was balanced and how it was centered. Even thinking back on it, I'm like really getting emotional because it was just... Go there, Rachel. I know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going there. But in that moment, that is when I recentered. I sobbed on that deck by myself, listening to Lord Huron, overlooking the ocean, having monkeys running around in the jungle. And I felt at peace which I hadn't felt in like a really long time. I mean, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's choking me up, honestly. I think it's the combination of seeing something so splendid and rare, and yet it's so common. I mean, we're just talking about hawks, right? Hawks. <laughs> and yet you saw it, but the only way you could see it was you had to let go of looking for other people, telling yourself where you needed to be. Right, I had to listen to myself. I had to be in that moment and not worry about what I should be doing, where I should be going, who I should be with or not with, right? For me, I had decided to take a journey back to Florida, which is where I was raised for like 17, 18 years. I hadn't been back in two years. Just life stuff, job, uh, I got married, a bunch of different things happened and it just kept pushing back that trip. So finally, I found myself in this position where I had no real kind of, it was really spontaneously planned. Once again, like 
I'm not really good at that planning stage. Better sometimes to just, this is what we have to do. Just rip off the bandaid. Let's just rip off the bandaid. And the thing that struck me is I went with my daughter and right before we're leaving, she catches this 101 to 102 fever. Oh no. And I'm instantly thinking, we're not going to be able to make it on this plane. We're not going to be able to make it on this trip. Everything is going to fall apart. And I'm giving her Tylenol. I'm trying to get her to go to sleep. She's so excited that she's like <laughs> feverish and also just awake saying that she's just can't wait to be on the airplane with no. me. So the next day we kind of get into an Uber and we're driving there and she's asleep on my lap because she's slightly feverish and I'm feeling complete amounts of guilt and worry. I checked with the doctor that said everything was fine, Mm -hmm. that she could fly as long as it wasn't over a certain amount. And we could always see a doctor when we got there. And finally, when we got on the plane and she was looking out the window and the light caught her hair and she has this blonde hair and it just looked like silver locks of gold. And at that moment, I knew that we were going home and we were going together. And I promised myself that whatever I would do there, I would only put myself in a place that I, where I wanted to be. And I wasn't going to argue with myself about where I needed to go or make a list of definite people to see like I usually do or get annoyed with my parents because they take seven hours to do any task. (laughs) (laughs) I literally just went in kind of just being like, I'm going to enjoy every noise, every sound, everything. Because for my daughter, especially now that she's six, it's the first time that like her mind is absorbing all of these things. And I wanted to make sure that that's what she felt was like that sense of center, that sense of me being peaceful, me being grounded. Well, you gave yourself that permission, right? Yeah. And the first thing she does when she, we got there late, so she goes to sleep, she wakes up the next morning, she's feeling a little bit better and she instantly wants to go outside. And so um, I'm leading her through my house and I'm explaining where I grew up, you know, and how our house has changed since I grew up because there was a lot of remodeling done. And then we go outside and Aveline, growing up in the city, Suddenly there's palm trees and light and lizards and bugs and animals and storks. So many cool things for a six-year-old. Yeah, and like she just stares off and she looks at this palm tree and she goes, the palm trees don't even look real. (laughs) And it was just so neat to find her seeing herself in a place that I grew up. pretty beautiful you know a thing that i do often when i'm working with guests is whenever they return i'll 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 always meet with guests who are business people or people who never take vacations and they come back from this vacation with their family and suddenly they're totally like zenned out and they're blissful and they're tanned and they're beautiful and they're just radiating all of Mm -hmm. this like guru like level shit and they'll look at me and they'll say how do I keep this serenity with me in the face of all of the things that I have to return to and deal with? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And so one of the questions I often pose is, okay, I want you to just imagine just for yourself, 
going back to that moment in that space, what were some of the behaviors? What were some of the things that you did? And most importantly, maybe what were the things that you had to let go or what were some of the things that you had to invite and accept and embrace mm. while you were on this trip that you could bring into the space here? Yeah, that's so, it's so funny. I was actually just journaling about this the other day. I said in there something along, I wish I had it with me, something along the lines of like, as my tan fades, I find myself getting back into my hurried routines and putting too many plans in place and, um, you know, getting back to those same old habits that got me into the chaotic and unbalanced place I was before. So uh, the way that I'm trying to create little reminders for myself is by making sure that I do go to yoga. Yoga for me especially is something that's very grounding. It's very centering. You're literally balancing and practicing balancing poses, but accepting every space that you're in. I've been trying to journal and I've been trying to just not really make plans and make more like impromptu plans. So I'll really just do what I want to do in the moment versus, okay, I need to see this person on Friday. I need to call this person on Saturday. I need to do this on Sunday, you know, and then I have to work Monday through Friday. Right. So for me, it is trying to bring those elements as much as I can back into my day to day. I've been definitely practicing the meditations, um, and doing those little stories where I'll either tell it to people or just try to bring myself mentally back into that space to regain that energy and regain that sense of center. I love that sense of, of journaling. For me, what I observed in Florida is I found myself going back to reading again, which is something that in the chaos of things, I always find myself leaving behind. And so what I've started to do is every time that I even have like 10 minutes or anything, I pick a fiction book, something not related to psychology, something not related to work, and I just allow myself to have that time, no matter how little mm. I have. I don't, I don't make it say like, oh, I have to read for 30 minutes or I have to get an hour out of it, even if it's just between this bus stop and the next. So it's this kind of tiny thing that I know that I do when I'm at home in Florida or I'm at home on vacation. Mm -hmm. I just want to bring that sense of home and that sense of center into one minute, two minute. I don't care. Yeah. Whatever length of time I can get. Absolutely. And you know how we went on that adventure to the library the other day? Yeah. That is another place where I find center. So definitely reading, but it's in places too. So I think it's so good to find places like home or places in travel, like going to Costa Rica for me, traveling was a place, uh, a thing to do that helped me center. So it's not just activities to do, such as journaling or reading, creating music, doing meditations, doing yoga, but it's also maybe finding those places that give you that grounding and, and help you to recenter. I can't help but envision it as, at times, your mind is an arrow and you need a target. Mm. And if everything in your life feels chaotic and everything's all over the place, it's a signal that you don't have a target. So when you say, I'm going to Florida or I'm going to Costa Rica, your mind will suddenly direct itself towards that point. Right. And in that way, it's a little bit of a experience of a centering. Totally. I love that. Well, that concludes our episode about Journey to the Center. Again, here are some places that you can find us and subscribe. We are on soundcloud.com forward slash mindful chat. Guess what? We're also up on iTunes. 
So go ahead, find us at Mindful Chatter on iTunes, subscribe to us, and then you'll be able to hear all of our latest episodes. Please share with friends and family. I will obviously share this on Instagram. I know Fabrice will share it with his mom. Um, and check us um, <laughs> love you. Check us out on Twitter at Mindful Chat. You can also send any inquiries or any topics that you would like like us to talk about to mindfulchatterpodcast at gmail.com. This has been Mindful Chatter. See you next time. Okay, I'm ready. All right. We ready?